You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. Jesus is so good. And um, this past week, I'm going to try my best to get through this message, but I probably won't be able to. Um, There's so much I want to talk about this morning. Um, This is something really, really heavy on my heart this past week. And I just pray um, that we'll get through this. So real quickly, if you're new here, if you haven't been through our journey process, we'd love for you to go through our journey. We'd love for you. Um, the journey is here to create so you can join our church. It's your first step. It's your next step. And if you want to, I want to get involved. I think this is my church. Your first step is the journey process. You can sign up at the welcome desk or online. Um, it's every other month right now on Wednesday night, having a really good time, just getting people plugged into the church. Um, how many of you know we believe that this church will be a healthy home for the city? Amen. And the part of this journey process is just part of it being a healthy home for the city. Um, structure and guidelines are healthy, amen? If you have kids, you understand these things, right? Um, so, anyways, let's just pray before I um, just, I really just want to be obedient to what Jesus is going to do this morning. Um, If you're at the Dream Team celebration last night, come on, who was there? Most of the other people were probably serving. Come on, give it up for our Dream Team. Give it up for everybody who serves to make this thing function. And we need more people on our Dream Team. Amen? We need more people in our nursery, more people in our children's work, more people everywhere. Amen? Uh, we need people who actually enjoy being with kids, though. Amen? If you're a grumpy old wonderful person. Once you get set free and then join our hospitality team, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. I love what Todd White says, if the shoe fits, kick it off, yeah. right? Get rid of it. Um, let's go ahead and, and pray, um, and let's get into this. Heavenly Father, you're so good. Jesus, we adore you this morning. You are worthy of praise and adoration. God, I thank you that today is about building the family of God. I thank you that the church was created, and this is just the place where the church meets to be equipped to do the work of the ministry. God, I thank you that that this is a family, that we are here to equip your people this morning, God, to go out and do the works that you've said in the Bible, that you've predestined before before the, the foundation of the earth, God, that we would walk in these works, God. Help us to come in alignment with the things that you are placing before us every day, for us to walk in, for us to talk to people, for us to share the gospel, for us to love our families well. Every opportunity, Father, we say that we will not miss it, Jesus. And even if we do, there's still grace and mercy. Father, we love you. I pray for your people right now that you'd give them ears to hear and eyes to see, God, that they would have a teachable heart this morning. God, I pray that you'd fill me with the Holy Spirit once again in Jesus' mighty name. Could you lift out your hands in front of you like this? This is a really good prayer. Don't be scared. Say, I receive anything that's from Jesus. And anything else, I don't receive it. Isn't that a safe prayer to pray? Come on, amen and amen. Um, this past week, I was eating um, breakfast with a new guy at our church, and I told him I would, I would give him a shout out this morning. And God began to speak to me. I love how the Lord uh, can do some of my sermon prep and give me some of my words. It's kind of crazy. You think sometimes you just got to be like in your office and with your Bible open and just be in deep prayer. And actually, I'm just having breakfast with a brother in Christ. 
and just having fellowship and communion with God's people and God speaks to me. There's something that had really nothing to do with what we we're talking about. And I didn't want to be kind of rude, but I got my phone, I got my notes out, and I said, man, I, I feel like I got what God wants me to share this Sunday. And I believe if you were to title this message today, which I don't really title things and do series that much, if you can understand, um, nothing against it. Um, people can do whatever they'd like to do. Um, but if you were to title it, this, this thought that came to me, and that's something I really just want to impart this morning, is that the thought that I, I never knew that he could be this good. Like, I never knew that God could actually be this good. I never knew that Jesus could be this good. I never knew that I could experience him like this. I never knew that, that, that this relationship with him would be so amazing. So my prayer for you is that of Ephesians 3, chapter, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. In the New Living Translation, it says this, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, I want you to look at this, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And this past week, I was praying, and I just kept hearing in my heart, Michael, I want the Father's house to be built on the revelation of the Father's love for his children. And I just keep hearing it so deeply. I'm like, well, God, what about, what about this? And some people will say, well, you got to talk more about sin. I'm here to tell you that the, the Sunday morning church is for God's people. This is for the house. This is for the Christians. Amen. And if you are not born again, we'll have an opportunity for that later. But I feel the Lord clearly tell me, Michael, I want the foundation. I want this to be built on the Father's love for his children. Because there's something about uh, somehow in most of our Christianity, we've somehow missed how deep and how wide and how long and how high the Father's love is. Somehow we've gotten so fixed on what He wants us to do instead of actually fixing our eyes on, man, I never knew He could be this good. I never knew he could love me like this. I never knew there was someone who would care about me like he does. I never knew that I could have a father like this. I never knew that I could have enjoy Jesus. I never knew I could enjoy Christianity like this. And this is the word that God has been speaking from this pulpit very clearly. And I want to expound on it this morning when he was saying that, that this church would be a place where he reintroduces himself to people. And what we mean by that is that maybe, just maybe, you've actually learned the wrong view of who Jesus really is. Just maybe, you've actually just been raised religiously and you've actually missed out on the Father's love and you've been fixed on do's and don'ts. <laughs> Don't do this. Just do this. <laughs> you know, the answer doesn't lie in just what we can't do and what we should do and what we can do. The answer lies in our motivation to why we do these things. The answer lies in why don't I want to do A, B, C, and D? Why do I want to pray? Why do I want to worship? Why do I want to bow? It's because I never knew he could be this good. I never knew he could love me like this. And I'm here to tell you this morning that I cannot exaggerate the goodness of our God. I'm here to tell you this morning that I cannot exaggerate how deep his love is for you. I cannot exaggerate how good his grace is. I can't exaggerate how good his mercy is. I can't exaggerate how amazing his forgiveness is. I cannot exaggerate it. I believe that we've actually got a cheapened version of all of those things. That we have somehow made it like, oh, he has this amazing grace. No, his grace truly is amazing. When you start to actually fall into some sin, 
When you start to go backwards, even though you're already saved, and you realize that he still meets you, he still loves you, he still wants you, you get a deeper revelation of how amazing his grace is. You get a deeper revelation of how good his forgiveness is. You get a deeper revelation of just how deep and intimate his love is. That's why the Bible says in that scripture, how deep his love is. That means that it's an intimate encounter. He wants you to have an intimate relationship with you. That's why he calls you his bride and he's the bridegroom. He didn't say he's the boss and you're the worker. He said you are the bride of Christ. You are this intimacy like we see in marriage. I'm here to tell you that it's not weird. It shouldn't be weird for you to cry and be intimate with God. It should be weird that you're not. It should be really weird and really outlandish that we're not in this close intimacy with him. It should be completely crazy that we only meet with him on Sunday morning. It should be a craziest thought that when we fall into some sin or some struggles that we struggle to believe that he forgives me. When I used to go to the jails, in Jesus' name, I pray they let me back in. The devil does not want me in those jails. And I'd go in the jail and I would tell these guys, listen man, Jesus forgives you. They'd give their life to Jesus and they'd be sitting there crying and they man, I... And they would say things like this. No, I hope he does. No, no, you have to believe that he forgives you. You have to believe it. Because you know what? I had a pastor tell me once. If you present the gospel and you present the true message of Jesus, and if it doesn't sound too good to be true, you didn't do a good job. If it doesn't sound completely crazy to you, then you didn't present it very well. That this man, Jesus, would leave heaven, come down, Die a sinner's death on the cross, on that old rugged cross, beaten and murdered. This, listen, this past week I found a crown of thorns, like a replica, in one of our closets. And I don't know where, I have no idea where this thing came, probably from the place. And it was like a legitimate crown of thorns that somebody has made. And, and, th- and I was thinking about this as the, there was no thorns. You remember in the garden with uh, Adam and Eve? And it said after they sinned, that it said now there will be thorns and thistles and the labor will be hard. That literally there will be brokenness. There will be all of this stuff. There will be hurting coming after this. But Jesus came, put on this crown of thorns to become king of the broken and king of the hurting. This is what he wore. He wore that as a symbol to say, listen, you could never imagine how good I am. I'm going to crown myself with your brokenness. I'm going to crown myself with everything that you struggled with. And I'm going to conquer it on the cross. I'm going to conquer these things. And Jesus is wanting this church to be built on and your life to be built on this revelation, this deep revelation of how deep and wide and high and long the Father's love truly is. Because it goes on to say after that verse that we will come into the fullness of Christ. I believe that there's something um, um, can hold us back when we just get to a place where we just, we think, well, um, that we know all, everything already. Um, the measurement of your maturity in Christ, church, is not about how much you know about the Bible, how many scriptures you know, how many things you can quote. It's actually measured by how much you love like Jesus. This is the measurement of your walk. If you want to see if you're mature in Christ, how much do you look and love like him? That's how you know. It doesn't matter how many books you've read. It doesn't matter how many Greek languages you know. None of that matters at all. The apostle Paul said, I can speak in tongues of angels, but if I have not love, I'm nothing. 
I am zero. And that was the Apostle Paul. You think that he would definitely know what he's talking about. He knew the law. He knew everything you could possibly know about God as far as the study goes. He was a king. He was a, just a he knew everything. He, was the, the, he had his doctorate, if you will, in studies. But it all bowed at the revelation of a loving father. It bow. I'm telling you, everything you think that you've learned and studied bows if you don't know how good the Father is. It all can bow. You gotta know this church. You gotta know that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He looked at the cross, he saw you on the other side, so he endured it. This is how good he is. And people could say, Well, man, I just don't get that. Why would he do that? Because he loves me. So that just sounds outrageous. It is outrageous. That's why there's a song that says this reckless love of God. This reckless, this overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. We, we need a revelation this morning that he's way better than you thought he was. He's way better than maybe your parents showed you that you thought he was. He's way better than that. He's a loving, gracious, kind father. He says in Ephesians, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians 6.18, he says, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me. We got to, God is reintroducing himself in this church to people as a father, and not just this faraway God who's a judge who judges sin. Because sometimes that's all we see him as. He's the judge, and he's going to judge justly. That's all true, but he's a loving father who cares for his flock and his children man he's so good guys he's so good when you make mistakes when you fall short how many of your experience i'm here to tell you god doesn't come with shame and guilt and condemnation when you start falling short i love what dan moeller says he says shame guilt and condemnation are anti-gospel tools from the devil they're anti-anti-gospel tools because guys guilt is a terrible motivator Guilt is a horrible motivator, but I'm telling you, if you can get rooted in the love of God, you will be motivated to go do the things he wants. You will be motivated. You know the Bible, one of my favorite verses, he says, his loving kindness draws me to repentance. When you get a hold of the loving kindness of our God, if you get a hold of the look in his eyes that he loves you so much of your words, that draws you to repentance. Because there's a Bible verse that says that worldly sorrow will lead to death, but godly sorrow leads to life. What that means is God's not here. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't feel bad in a sense about my sin. It should be, I don't want to hurt my king. I don't want to hurt Jesus. I'm not motivated by not cheating on Maddie because God's going to send me to hell. I'm motivated by not cheating on my wife because my love for her. And my love for Jesus. Listen, if you're a married person in this room, the only, the only thing I would be worried about in your spouse is her relationship and their relationship with the love of Jesus. If they start falling away from their intimacy with Jesus, then you can have some signs, right? So all I do, I pray for my wife, pray for my kids, Lord. I pray that you would draw them, that they would know. I pray the Ephesians prayers every single day over my family and this church, that we would have wisdom and revelation, that we would know, we would be rooted and grounded in love. And we would know the breadth, height, length, and depth of God's love. I want my kids to know this deep love for Jesus. I want them to see. I want them to see me encounter his love. I'm telling you, I want them to see it. I want them to see it in my life. I believe you want people to see it in your life. If you can get a hold of him, church, 
and know that he, he wants your emotions. For some reason, there's so many denominations out there today that act like emotions are inherently bad, that emotions shouldn't be tied to your relationship with Jesus. Well, you can't trust your emotions. I'm not here to tell you to let your emotions rule your life, but I'm here to tell you, you need to let God get a hold of your emotions. If you've never let him into your emotions, you're missing out on the humanity and the love of a father. Because Jesus wasn't just this God. He was a human as well. He had emotions. He suffered. He cried. We need to let down our walls. Whoever told you that you have to have it all together at church and you have to dress a certain way, I'm here to tell you today, they were wrong. They were absolutely wrong. God says this, and the book of 1 Samuel says, God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outside. God is looking for hearts abandoned. He is looking for your heart. He doesn't care if you want to wear a hat in here, you want to wear a shirt, whatever it is. I don't care. He doesn't care about the pews. God is reintroducing himself to you that he is your father and you are his son. And when you come to this church, this is his living room. You're his son. Feel at home. Feel at home. You don't have to feel out of place. I don't know about you, but when my son comes into my house, he goes and eats and does whatever the heck he wants. <laughs> right? He's going to go eat something. He's going to go eat. Listen, I, I, have some, I, I have some of the most ghetto food for myself, and it's, it still isn't safe at my house. I buy like prepackaged rice and canned chicken, and they still eat it. I'm like, man, what the heck? This is not even good stuff. Why y'all eat my, 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 my lowly cheap food? Ain't mad who eats it too. They're all eating it. I'm like, man, I bought this to save. But guess what? He's my son. He's welcome in my house. And even when he's 45 years old, he can always come to my house. He can always come in my living room. He can always prop his feet up. He can always get something out of the fridge. I love it when people come to my house and they truly take when I say this seriously, when I say, hey, make yourself at home. There's a few people who've done that so far. Daniel's one of them. My man, Daniel, come to my house and just straight pass out on my furniture. <laughs> He's sitting over here, oddly hiding behind the wall. I'm not sure why, but we love him. And <laughs> but he'll come to my house and he'll pass out on my couch. And guess what? I love it. Sometimes I'll just sit there and try to take a nap with him. You know, whatever. Remember last week I talked about you have a new family now. You have brothers and sisters in Christ. Daniel's not just a friend of mine. He's my brother. He's my family. You're not just friends of mine. You're my family. It shouldn't be awkward. Listen, it should be weird that we don't treat people that way. Did you know that the Mormons, uh-oh, I won't get into that witchcraft today. Hey, I'm just going to say it. You came to the right church. Did you know that even the Mormons and different, they have these different denominations, they, they will keep a separate bedroom open in their houses so when they travel, other Mormons are always welcome to come in their house. Are you kidding me? People who don't have the right Jesus, who still need to be introduced to the right Jesus, are doing family and hospitality better than a lot of us? Oh, man. Somebody say, not anymore. Say it out loud, not anymore. Because once you get a look at the love of Jesus and all he's done for you, all your selfishness starts to fall off of you. When you look at how selfless and sacrificial our Jesus was on the cross, you stop putting yourself first and you start putting yourself last. 
I want my home to be open. I, I want that to happen. Listen to me. Pastor Daryl shared it last night. My brother told me that before. You're not a real friend with somebody until you know where their bathroom is at their house. That means you've actually been to their house probably more than once and you're comfortable enough to use the restroom. Right? That's when you step into some real... Most of us could say this morning that we only do that with family, but I thought the church was family. I only do that with my mom. Listen, this is brothers and sisters. This is the house of the living God, and he is our father, and we are sons and daughters. We begin to share. I I commend all of you who are getting involved in our small groups. Listen, this past week, I I just love getting out of the box that people think church needs to be in. And I do this so much because God has commissioned me to build a culture and a foundation, and I just can't get away from it. Pastor Faith will preach here soon, and it'll be an amazing teaching and awesome. You guys will love it. And uh, it really will. I'm ready for it. And what's going to be so good, though, guys, is that if you start to realize that God is actually in real relationships, that you start to realize that what he actually wants from you is actually the best thing for you. You'll start to realize that the walls that you're putting up to protect yourself are actually only protecting yourself from your growth. We get in small groups this past week, and my group, it's a little different because it's at the church. Wish I had a bigger house and I could just have everybody in my house. But if you've ever been to my house, that ain't happened. We can just meet in the backyard, maybe. I got a big backyard. <laughs> it's a little cold. And, and we, had, we split up, and for some reason, we got in groups of guys and girls, and, and we started to see some of these guys. I just felt led that we should tell each other our testimonies. I thought, what's, what's the point of another Bible study? What's the point of another class? People don't need another class. They need a friend. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't read your Bible. We're going to have freedom groups starting in fall, and it's a curriculum. You should sign up. It's going to be amazing. But man, we need friendships. And, and I, I would hear to tell you today that I never knew that the friendships I could have today could be this good. When I was lost and I thought, man, I can't, I can't go to church. I can't get saved because I'm going to lose all my friends. I'm telling you today that the friends and people I have now, I never knew it could be this good. I never knew Jesus could be this good and the friendships I could make now could be so much greater than everything I had before. I never knew that until I started to see it manifest in my life. People that truly care about me. People that truly want to help me. People that would do anything for me came because I put my guard down and I started letting people in in my life. And man, I'm here to tell you, I never knew it could be this good. I never knew people could love me. And I have so many people who love me like I couldn't imagine. It's incredible. People that encourage me, people that are thankful for me. And I'm like, man, so good. So amazing. Isn't that amazing? Just hearing me talk about it, it sparks something in you. Because you're like, man, I want that too. I'm here to tell you, you can have it. Get in a small group. Let down your walls. We start to go around the room and say, hey, let's, let's give our testimony. Because we don't really, let's just be real this morning. You don't really know people after a Sunday service. You do not know people intimately. You have no idea where they work, where they live, where they come from. They say, you know nothing about it if you just only attend the service. The service is here to equip you. The midweek stuff is to, to literally gather you and to come in communion. It's to bring unity together. That when we come to the, through the week and we pour our hearts out with one another and then we come gather on Sunday, we'll see a greater measure of unity. You start to see people you know on Sunday morning that you met this past week. And we had some guys share their testimonies. 
and just get really vulnerable and really raw. And some of them, you know, they're not used to that. They're like, well, I, I struggle with this and I came from this and I'm sharing too much. And we're like, no, please keep sharing. Be open. Keep pouring your heart out. Keep telling us the real stuff because a real Jesus wants real sons and daughters. He doesn't want a facade. He's not looking for people who act like they're just religious and they dress nice and they go to church and they don't cuss and they don't drink and they don't smoke. He wants children who are in love with him. That's all he wants. See, somebody will think, man, the pastor said I can cuss. That's not Should you cuss? Better question. <laughs> oh, we all know who you, you know who you are. It's okay. Jesus loves you. <laughs> and all the religious people are like, no, he doesn't. He is fed up with that. No, he's fed up with your pride. <sighs> Way worse than a curse word. Oh, man. Come on, let that break off of you this morning. If that offends you, let it offend you. Get rid of it. Let that religious stuff fall off of you because I'm going to say but way more stuff than that. Let it break. Let it break this morning. The law was there to show us that we weren't good enough. Jesus was there to show us <laughs> that he still loves us and he was good enough. Stop trying to live your life according to the law. You cannot measure up. Start waking up every day and thanking your king that he measured up and you can walk in his reward. Start walking in these things. Man. I just, man, I, I never knew I could have friendships like this. I never knew that I could feel the love of God. We're just going to call this a little short today. I got about six more things, but... I feel like this is enough. I, I never knew, guys, that I could experience Jesus like I've experienced him. I never knew that I could literally experience him in my body, in my feelings, in my emotions. I never knew um, that it would be this amazing. I, I came from a lifestyle of literally feeding myself all of the things to stimulate my feelings and my emotions. All the pleasures of this world, if you will. I, I lived a lifestyle where the pleasures of this world were just, I, I was engulfed in them every day to the highest extent. I mean, it was crazy. I can't, you can't even imagine, honestly. And I remember this one time, it's just a crazy story, but here we go. <laughs> Carter loves these stories. Sometimes not so inappropriate or so appropriate, but here we go. And I was, I remember this one time I was in uh, at a rave. Actually, Blake, you shared that recently with Excision. And I was at an Excision, it's a dubstep. How many know what dubstep is, anybody? <laughs> uh, excision is what we call drug step, okay? A little different. And, and it's just like this techno, house party, ridiculous rave type atmosphere, okay? And I'm in Nashville because I used to live a life where I used to think that Jesus cannot satisfy my feelings. He cannot, I cannot find pleasure in Jesus. I can just find forgiveness of sins and I'll go to heaven one day, but I won't actually be able to find pleasure in my life. Does that make sense? I'm not downplaying forgiveness of sins, okay? That's amazing. If all you ever find is that, hallelujah, that's all you need. But I'm here to tell you that I never knew that he could be this good as well. I never knew that I could experience him even in my body. And I remember I was at this rave years ago in Nashville. 
I can't even, I don't even know. You know, I was there to experience the best that the life had to offer. To experience the best feelings that life had to offer with, with sex and drugs and alcohol. And I was there and I was on ecstasy. And I don't know if you know about ecstasy, but it gives you the uh, serotonin levels and MDMA. I mean, just insane, crazy feelings, good feelings in your body. And now, granted, there's some pain that comes afterwards. And I remember just walking into this place and I'm thinking I was having the time of my life, literally. And I remember I walked out of this rave at like six in the morning, just out of my mind. And I remember literally thinking, I can remember it right now. I remember cognitively thinking, this is the best feeling in the world. Literally. This is the best. I have never felt this amazing. Literally, in my body even, I mean, everything. I was just like to the highest extent. And I was convinced that Jesus could never actually fulfill me in those, that type of way. That I couldn't feel as good. I couldn't have this joy and this, this overwhelming, this bubbling up, this bliss in my whole body, overtaken by these things. And I remember that when I got saved, hallelujah, I got born again. And I remember I was praying and I was working with a guy and I gave my life to Jesus. I surrendered it all to him and I was working for a friend and I was power washing uh, screens for t-shirt printing. If anyone has ever done that, it sucks. Literally like metal screens. I'm in the back of a shop and I've got a power washer and I'm just power washing. How many of you know going from what I came from in Nashville with the girls and the money and the drugs was not even close you know what I mean? I'm sitting here power washing, working metal screens, completely sober, mind you. Completely sober, out of my mind. In my mind, excuse me. And completely sober. And I was listening to Bethel music. Praise God for Bethel music. Like, man, some of this stuff has marked my life. And I was listening to Bethel music, and I didn't know about worship songs. Only worship songs I knew were from like the 90s, you know, from New Life Worship Center. You know, from the vineyard. I knew some Don Potter. Come on, somebody. You ain't a real worshiper if you don't know who Don Potter is. Take you back to Israel music. It's amazing. And, uh, I mean, it's incredible stuff. And, and I remember that I was in the, I was in the, the back of this, this building, and, and I was power washing screens. And a song by Bethel, I don't even know what it's called. I think it's called I Found the Love. And, and, I, and this song kind of goes like this. I won't sing it, but it says, I found the love uh, greater than life itself. And stronger and nothing compares. And I remember in that moment, I was in the back of this shop and like this, the weight and like the presence, this tangible presence and like overwhelming just bliss just fell on me. And I begin to just weep and I'm power washing these screens. I'm completely sober and I just have this crazy encounter with Jesus and it just hits me that I found something better than what the devil had. And I was like, I was, I was freaked out, to be honest with you. I was completely freaked out because I was just like, whoa, hold on a second. I didn't know Jesus had stuff like this. Ain't no high like the most high, Daniel. And <laughs> come on. Literally. And I'm sitting there and I'm overwhelmed by the presence of God. And I'm crying. I'm Luckily, my boss didn't come back there. I would have been just like, what the heck are you doing, Mike? <laughs> Like, man, I'm having an encounter with Jesus. I found out he's better than I thought. I found out he's better than I thought he was. That he has some stuff that the devil doesn't have. He's got some things. 
And man, I'm so grateful for that encounters that we have. I'm grateful that we're charismatic. I'm grateful we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful we believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm grateful we believe in speaking in tongues. I'm grateful we're not just a type of godliness denying the power. I'm grateful that there's more. That there's so much more. I'm so grateful. Mario Murillo shared something this past week I thought was really good. He said the teaching of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is one of the biggest anti-marketing tools for the church today. Basically, you, gotta be careful. you can't talk about the baptism and the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. That's not how you grow a church. I beg to differ. Acts chapter 2, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit came and he got up and preached the gospel, it says 3,000 were added to their number daily that day. And I would say that was true. People sold out, dude. It's not about numbers. It's about quality. Same thing in our marriages. It ain't about how much time you spend together. It's about the quality of that time you spend. Something I'm working on for sure. And my wife said, amen. <laughs> but I remember, guys, I was in that room and the presence of God hit me. And I, mean, I found a love greater than life itself. Stronger and nothing compares. And I remember just being overwhelmed thinking, man, I didn't know he could be this good. I didn't know. I didn't know I could experience Jesus like this. You know what's beautiful about that? Here's the game changer. You ready? I wasn't at church. I wasn't in service. I wasn't at a revival. I wasn't at the tent. I wasn't at the guest speaker. I was just simply in the presence of my father. It's his son, and he decided that he could meet me right there. Jesus wants to meet with you, church. He wants to reintroduce the way that he introduces himself to you. He wants to break into your room. He wants to break into your vehicle. I'm telling you, sometimes, guys, I get overwhelmed. I got to pull over. He comes into the car, and I'm like, man, I got to. I was at Kroger the other day. If you ever find me at Kroger sometimes, I had my, I had my, uh, my little headphones in. And I was doing what every guy does, going exactly to what I need. And I was listening to that new song by the Hesslers, whatever their name is. Helsers, those guys. Man, I was listening to that song, I'm Your Beloved. Oh, man. And it goes to that song, that, that bridge, and it says, And the one who knows me best is the one who loves me most. And I was walking around Kroger with tears in my eyes, just experiencing my king one-on-one, -on -one because that is what actually Christianity is all about. It's about an everyday encounter, an everyday devotion, an everyday life. And you actually figure out, when you walk into that, you'll say, man, I never knew he could be this good. I wish people, sometimes, sometimes people have watched me, they'll find me, I'm like crying, randomly. Not because I'm sad, it's just because I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by his goodness. And I'm here to tell you guys, once you get a taste of that goodness, you won't want anything else. People think, well, Mike, we don't do people joke. Oh, I don't, I don't, I tell people I don't really watch TV. It's not because I'm judging you. I'm not judging you about TV. I'm really not. I just, I just don't really want anything else. I just don't. I don't, I, I want to, I want, I've understand some, some principles in the kingdom that if you sow into your flesh, you'll reap from the flesh. But if you sow into your spirit, you'll reap from the spirit. I want my, I want to reap from the spirit. I want to reap, I want to reap what heaven has for my life. And, and, and get, here's to give you some grace. Ready? 
I just watched all of Loki the other day with my son. It's not about, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's just, no, just look at him, realize how good he is, and just pursue him. And let him just know that he's pursuing you, that his grace and his mercy, surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me. He'll pursue me all the days of my life. Would the worship team come? Thank you, Jesus. Whew. See, guys, you've got to understand that some, some of you and a lot of us, we never knew that he could be a father to us and not just a religious person. You never knew that you could encounter him. I encourage you that when you're in the sanctuary and when you go home, get on, your, get on Spotify. Turn on Bethel Music. God wants to meet you where you are. He wants you to encounter him in your daily life, in your car, in your house, in your bathroom, at work, whatever it is. I believe God is knocking on the door. Would you stand to your feet? And our prayer team, could you come? went to our prayer training recently would you come thank you father thank you Jesus good to see you Sean what's up man brother Nathan Doris good to see you Pastor Andrew, good to have you and your wife in this house. It's good to see all of you. Can we just close our eyes for a moment? We love you, Jesus. We just tell the Lord right now that you love him. Come on, just get back to the beginning. Coming back to the heart of worship, right? It's all about you. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. Just tell him out loud, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you because you first loved me. You made the first move. You gave it all for me. I just see God stepping into some of your lives right now and you're thinking as a father right now. Some of you need to receive him as a loving caring father right now that you've received him to take away your sins but you've never received him as a loving father I pray you do that right now and if you need to even speak it out loud and say God I receive you as a father a good good father some of you might need to say and you receive me as a son Lord you love me Jesus. God, I pray for your people, God, that they would encounter you everywhere they go. That they would encounter you at their workplace, in their cars. God, I pray, God, that you would come down, that you would be in the heavens, Lord, and they would meet with you, God. I pray, God, that you would help them to walk in and see the good works that you've predestined before the creation of the earth, God, that there's things today that you want them to walk in. It could just mean being kind, a smile to someone. Whatever it is, God, help them to see those things, to walk in alignment with your will. And Father, I thank you that you're reintroducing yourself to your people, that you're way better, that we can encounter you. Help us to be hungry 
for more of you, Jesus. Give us the gift of hunger in our hearts, Father. Just with every eyes closed right now, if you're in this room and you need to give your life to Jesus, if you need to ask for forgiveness, and if you need to repent of your sins, Jesus is like that song we sang earlier. I'm here to tell you the truth that there is only one way your soul can be saved, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you need to give your life to Jesus this morning, if you need to be saved from your sin, I want you to lift up your hand right now, right where you are. I see those hands, guys. Come on, don't be shy. Anybody else in this room, just keep your hand up. I need to give my life to Him. Come on, don't be ashamed. The Father loves you this morning. Anybody else, I need to give my life to Him. Just lift your hand. Excuse me, just lift your hand right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And we're going to do two things. If you lifted your hand, we're going to pray. This isn't for everybody. This is for those who need to give their life to Jesus. We're going to pray, and I want you to pray with me. And when you're done, I want you to come down, and one of our prayer team, they have a little book for you, and they want to pray with you as well. Amen? So if you lifted your hand, would you pray with me? Say, Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose from the grave. I believe from this day forward, I'm a new creation in Christ. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we give a shout of praise in this place? Hey, listen, if you made that prayer today, if you said that prayer, if you gave your life to Jesus, I encourage you to please come down before you leave. We have a little book for you. One of our prayer team, we want to know. Bless you. Also, if you need healing in your body, if you need somebody to pray for you about anything at all before you go, our altars are open. We bless you guys. Have a good week.